Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting with Impact. Today, I'm here with Amy Standridge. I'm so excited to have her join us. Amy, welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, you and I kind of stumbled into a conversation together, and I'm excited to have you share a little bit with the audience about what you do and what you're all about. Kick us off with a backstory. I know you do some interesting work in the world. Yes. Okay. So I am a music therapist. I've been a board certified music therapist for 20 some odd years. And um, that was the first time in my life that I found a field and a topic that really made me feel like I was with my people. And so during COVID, uh, I work with older adults with uh, dementia and their caregivers. And during COVID, obviously, we weren't, I wasn't able to do that face to face. I have a private practice. I travel to client homes. And so I was trying to scrounge for something else that might fill that, fill that need. Um, and it, during that time, I found um, a field called therapeutic humor, applied and therapeutic humor. Um, there's an association called the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And they have a three-year program called the Humor Academy, where you study humor applications, humor consumption, what what is humor, how to use it with your client base or with your family. Or that was the second time I found a community that I went, oh, this is my, these are my people. And then a few months ago, I was introduced to sanity school from a local ADHD coach and um, just got involved in in that and on the Facebook page. And that was the third time in my life that I went, Oh, this is, these are my people. So music therapy, humor, and now just the transparency and vulnerability and also helpful principles, you know, from sanity school and all of your podcasts, which are, I've listened to a lot of them. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad you're here. Maybe we'll do a little success story-ish kinds of conversation. And for those of you listening who don't know, Sanity School is our parent training program. So Amy's <laughs> been part of our community for a little bit now. And one of the things we teach, a couple, couple of different directions we can go into this because I know humor is your thing. But I know that a key tool in our toolbox as parents is playfulness and fun. And whether it's jokes or whatever it is, it's a key piece for strengthening relationships. And it's also a key part of motivation. And that's part of the five, one of the play is one of the five things that we teach in terms of the things that help to motivate our kids. So mm-hmm. as you're thinking about either your parenting or working with parents, what are some of the keys to partnering around humor and, and mm-hmm. the tool of humor? Right. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, because my expertise is in working with dementia and care partners, but um, parenting, 
we're caring for people as well. So that's been an interesting parallel to um, be able to apply some of the things that I've learned in my work and in my research. But there's two main, I, I feel like there's two main ways to divide it. One, engaging in humor or fun and play with your family builds those bonds because when you do anything valuable together, that includes singing, you build oxytocin and relationship and um, it just feels great to connect with others. It's a beautiful way, laughter and also music. And then the second hand is uh, for self-care, what to bring you joy during your downtimes to help give you coping strategies when things are hard, um, because it gets hard when we're parenting complex kids or when we're caring for aging parents, especially if they have dementia or some other, um, some other neurological issues. So there's really those, those two aspects, engaging with others and then just supporting yourself. Yeah, well, and I think that that's the piece of it is sometimes you just need a little bit of lightness in your life, whatever that means for you, because whether you're caring for an elderly parent or whether you're dealing with a complex kid, sometimes this stuff gets hard. And so finding a way to look at it with a little bit of lightness um, is really helpful. What are some of the tools that you would say are really helpful for Mm -hmm. individuals? Like it's the sort of, how do you, how do you use humor with yourself? Right, right. One of the things that I say, and this isn't my original material, I got this from some of the other professionals in my humor field, but is that you don't have to be funny. You have to be able to see funny, find funny, interpret what's funny for you. You don't have to be a comedian. I'm not a comedian um, yucking it up for the audience. But when you're interacting with, with somebody, there's all different forms of humor. Everyone has a different humor identity. But for self-care, so this to put it in a story... I love watching the Golden Girls. When I feel down, um, that's the first thing I turn on. Well, now my daughter, who's 11, every time she hears me, sees me watching the Golden Girls, she's like, Mom, are you okay? Are you feeling sad? And um, sometimes I am, and that's why I turn it on. But I just love Sophia Petrillo mostly. But so find, watching a funny show. I love Saturday Night Live. I love bloopers on YouTube. Uh, memes. One of the things that um, is suggested and you could do is find a humor buddy. Maybe you don't feel like you have a lot of humor in your life, or maybe it's hard to see funny or humor. Um, Maybe enlist a friend or a co-parent to be your humor buddy and share what's funny to you with one another. And anytime you witness something, watch something funny or read something funny, that, that little spike of dopamine will bring you back to your, your senses, if you will, if you're real stressed in a, mo- in a moment. Well, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking about going back to your comment about community. And I know one of the things that often will happen in our parent community is some of the stuff that our kids do is a little unbelievable to, to, yeah. uh-huh. to the reality, right? And it's like this sort of, you know, just even sharing your story and scratching your head and going, that was really interesting. I can't believe that happened. And, mm-hmm. and really kind of looking at it as humorous instead of there's this fine line between humor and tragedy almost. I mean, I don't know right. what popped in as I said that. Is that yeah. well, the, there's a quote that says um, humor is tragedy plus time. That might be Carol Burnett. It's in my little book here, but a oh, time you mean like, like you got to like, yeah, you have time. to have some, well, that, yes, that's important, but enough time has to pass. Like mm. in a very stressful moment, it's really not so funny in the moment, but um, with time, 
you can play with your tragedy, as my friend Nancy Norton says, um, play with your tragedy and make it make it fun. But it does take you do have to take a break of time between when you experience something really stressful and and um, when it becomes funny. And you can relay it in a story using humor that'll make you laugh, make others laugh. And that connects you with others as well, because they think I've been there. I can relate. Yeah, I can relate to that. Right. It's just sort of even even just listening to you talking and it's like you're building a little chuckle into your voice here. It's like Mm -hmm. Mm. you use your body very differently when you're sharing something in with a sense of irony than if you're sharing something with a sense of frustration or irritation or whatever else. I mean, it's sometimes it's just even how you present it. Mm-hmm. That's, that is really, you've touched on something really important there. And that's fun. That's important, especially like when I work with someone who has later stages of dementia, cognitively, they may not be able to process what I'm saying, but they can read my facial. I'm making it like people listening can see it, but they can read my facial expression. Um, and that is a really important part of what makes a story, a funny story, facial expression and um, body movement and Physical comedy is really funny to some, some people not so much, but uh, for some people, you know, the video compilations of everybody getting hurt and falling over and they make you a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) but sometimes it's kind of funny, (laughs) but not to everybody. And that's okay. We're not all the same humor beings. Well, and what you're describing is like, figure out what's humor to you. I mean, I'm a really sensitive human. And so I can't watch, there's certain things that I just can't watch. And I've known that for a long, like when in the seventies, when Chevy Chase was a big thing and it was like all this physical comedy, my rest of my family was like, this is so funny. And I'm like, I can't watch. It's terrible. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that too. Yeah. But again, it's just sort of even knowing, I think that, so how if you're, if you're so here I am. It's like I was telling you a part of the story earlier, Amy, but I've always had this story about myself that I'm not really very funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very, I'm, you know, it's like I had a an affirmation on my uh, computer for a long time that said, I am fun. And it was just like this sort of, okay, how do you connect to the fun part of you? Yeah. And I think that this kind of bleeds into, okay, if we want to have more fun with our kids or whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. how do we begin to really identify our flavor of humor because it is. Yes. Well, there, um, you know, there's humor inventories online that you can take all the time, which your humor style and, you know, humor doesn't, like I said, it doesn't always have to be a joke. It, it can be a moment of levity. Like maybe it's not so much humor that you need in that moment, just a moment of lightness, like you said, or levity is a word that we use quite, quite often. And I think you can also learn to see humor better more clearly when you put your humor glasses on so in the same i'm not a real yoga person i'm not good at sitting so sitting so still and clearing my mind um but you set an intention so if you set an intention to see more humor to find more humor you're most likely going to find it more so than if you didn't set that intention well and i don't know i'm trying to remember if we did a podcast episode with this but i there's someone in my community that does laugh yoga, right? It's so funny because you were talking about humor and you were talking about yoga and the same thing. I mean, again, sometimes part of it is just getting into our body and laughing out loud. I'm not, the other day, my partner was uh, was making a comment that I don't laugh out loud that much. I'm not a person that laughs out loud, but it doesn't mean I don't find things that are funny. But even just having that sort of, okay, if I see something funny, my intention is going to be to, just laugh out loud and yeah. listen to my laugh and find my laugh in a very different way as a way to 
okay, wait, I, this is funny. This is my humor. This is what I find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and laughter has a lot of health benefits as well. So, and I, I always try since I've been learning more about those health benefits, if I hear somebody laughing, if I'm a total outsider, I won't, you know, insert myself and start laughing. But if you follow somebody else laughing as well, you really start laughing yourself. And so, like you said, that's exactly, you know, laughter yoga, uh, we definitely in our AATH applied and therapeutic humor organization, definitely have a lot of laughter yogis. And there's something about if starting laughing, even if you're faking it at first, will become real laughter. So yeah, so like you're like you said, you're just trying to laugh. I love what you said, hear my own laugh experience what that that feels like. That's well, that's, that's very like, intuitive. Isn't that conversation about laughter as medicine, right? It's just yes. laughter is the best medicine. I mean, I think that's, it's right. old say adage with that. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, using humor in our family dynamic with our kiddos. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. All right. I am here with Amy Standridge and we're talking about humor. And we've been talking a little bit about connecting to our own style of humor and the things that we find funny and the value of that. Let's shift gears because a lot of times parents will come to me and it's like, I try to be light with my kids. I try to have fun with my kids and they don't want to have anything to do with me or they, you know, I think differently or how do I even begin to start playing more with my kiddos? So how would you respond to that? Right. Well, that's a good question. I, um, I think a part of that is just owning your own, you know, sense of humor, like you said, getting to know what that really looks like. Because if you're trying to joke and chuckle up with your kids and it's not authentic, they'll know that and they won't buy it. So there's a couple different ways that I would recommend. I mean, one thing is just passing on a funny meme that you might see that takes you out of the equation and you're not in their face. So they may get to sit there and process it without you. So let's say, you know, let's say you say it's something, uh, you tell a joke and they think it's funny, but they don't want to show you that they think it's funny. Um, if you send a meme and you're not there, they may, you know, may, may be open to that in a different way than if you're in their face. But anything like even just watching a funny movie together to start and you start laughing or playing a game, that'll often go into go to laughter. But I think the main thing is just to be authentic about it because people especially teenagers. I've got three of them, two of them, two and a half, and they'll see right, right through. And it's okay to, you know, if you, you got a dad joke or a bad joke or whatever, and even if you present, even if it's a total dud, if you present it in a authentic and fun way, people might respond to it in a different way. Like I have some terrible jokes that I tell and, and listeners won't be able to see, but if you're like, they'll be able to hear it. So I'll tell this, this terrible joke. And I'm like, got it, got it, huh? Huh? Get it, get it, get it that's authentic to me. Um, and so people will laugh at me laughing at myself, if even if the joke is dumb. <laughs> so yeah, um, no, and that's you're talking about authenticity and connection. What I, my personal experience is that when your kids are younger, there's this great opportunity to just have fun and tell jokes and be silly. I remember when my kids were little, we would do like joke night where we would find an app or something. And it's like, okay, let's, let's read 
you know, 25 stupid dad jokes or whatever the website happened to be. And we would all kind of crack up and have fun about it. And now my kids are young adults. Mine are older than yours, Amy. And it's mm-hmm. like, we're now at a place where number one, my kids get my humor. And so they could yeah. like laugh and roll their eyes with me because like we all are, okay, there's yeah. mom again. It's like kind of yeah. a silly sort of thing. And they, you know, they, I know them well enough and they know me well enough that it's this sort of, we can connect. And But there's this sort of black hole in the middle when kids are teenagers. Yeah. And what you're describing is we can still reach out to them even mm-hmm. if we don't get, yay, mom, you're so funny. I love you yeah. so much. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's that sort of just because it's one way doesn't mean it's not effective is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Yes. And it's also good for your own health, well-being and sense of levity. Like it's it, you can't really go wrong if, unless it's a harmful, aggressive humor, which does exist. But so you have to know your your audience. But I mean, I just love talking and and hanging out and laughing and singing with people and so it's just natural for my joy to come through on those at that front and if I'm working with somebody who doesn't you know who maybe is a deadpan or doesn't smile or laugh or whatever I've still had fun so in my mind it's a success for for me and it may just be that the person was in a bad mood or like you know you talk about insanity school a lot about timing like make sure you're not talking about something stressful right during the stress, wait for some time to pass, you know, maybe share a laugh or a meme or a show. And then when you're both at a better cognitive, you know, place, you might be able to talk about it, talk about it more. Well, and what's coming up as you're saying that is one of the other things we talk about in sanity school is the ratio of positive engagement to correction. And a lot of times as parents, we get into this, there's so much to talk about. It's like, Mm -hmm. did you do that? And did this happen? And, you know, we kind of get caught up in the busyness of the stuff to talk about. If you, you know, if we were to spend as much time thinking about the fun conversations we want to have with our kids as Mm -hmm. we do the, oh my gosh, I got to remember to ask them about the English homework. Then, I mean, it takes four for many of us, it takes forethought, right? It's not, it's, if we don't naturally do something fun and funny and humorous with our kids, we might need to say, okay, you know what? Every day I'm going to, or once a week or whatever it is, I'm going to intend to engage in my kids from a fun, humorous place. Right. It's part of changing our habits is. Absolutely. Humans, right. Mm-hmm. You could also uh, keep a journal. Like a humor journal, what worked and when and why it might have worked and how, you know, just in the same way as we're getting curious, like, I'm going to try this thing. Okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Um, you could you could do that same kind of those same kind of actions with a with a humor journal. And I think if you did that, you would just get used to looking for more funny in your life. Well, and you're talking about creating a structure, right? And so another structure that I've heard people use is, you know, at, at the dinner table, People are always like, how was your day? And the kid says, fine. And then the conversation yeah. shuts down. Yeah. It, one of the questions you could say is, well, tell me one thing that made you laugh today at school. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's this sort of, then you're talking about laughter, yeah. which can bring as much levity. And then maybe you can all laugh about it. And what is, you know, it's that sort of, you're helping our kids connect to the things that bring them joy and and things that are Yes. To them because you're you're helping them become a self-aware, you're helping them develop a toolbox 
um, because having humor and lightness in your world is a great thing, right? Right, right. And you can model that as a parent and that those models go a long way, especially, you know, when you're, when you really, when again, back to the authentic, when it's authentic to you, they really know that you mean what you say and you, you mean it when you say, you know, let's look at this in a different way. Can we reframe this? You know, we do reframing, right? There's so many similar similarities. Um, I'm a real connection person. I see connections in, in everything. So, yeah, no. And, and I think that the, just taking us back to what we were talking about earlier about your own humor style, part of this is noticing what your kid's humor style is, right? Yeah, so you for may sure. have a kid who's a corny joke person. You may have a mm-hmm. kid whose humor is sarcasm. My, my, my oldest mm. and I went to lunch the other day and he was just kind of nailing me a little bit. And I was like, okay, he's trying to be funny, but it's kind of like, oof, I have to brace myself because that's where he's at right now. And so I can let him be funny and not take it personally. Another tool from the sanity school toolbox personally, (laughs) but you're helping them find their voice and their humor. And at the same time, figuring out how to authentically be who you are as well. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think like, sometimes we think I know I was put this in my frame, you know, in my personal perspective. When I first started learning about applied and therapeutic humor, I have discovered it in a values inventory that I did in a music therapy group. And every time the question came up, laughter and fun, laughter and fun, I thought, well, that's kind of frivolous, you know, that's not important. Um, So what I've come to learn is it's incredibly important. It's not frivolous. It's necessary. You know, we need to be able to laugh at, laugh at our foibles and uh, reframe stories um, in a more, not necessarily positive light, but, and we reflecting what we learned maybe in a positive way. And forgot what you had asked me I get enthralled no we were just talking about kind of how to how to help our kids and how to really bring in humor let's so let's let's wrap that up because um we've talked about a lot of different things Amy is there anything in particular we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we cover or something we talked about earlier that you want to bring back into the conversation Mm -hmm. okay yeah that that's a good that's a good um reframe of that that question. I mean, I think the bottom line is that, uh, or one thing that we have talked about is if you set an intention to find more humor in your day or more levity, or to discover some new ways you can share fun and play and humor with your kids, um, when you set that intention, those ideas will come to you more naturally. And yeah, I think that's no. something that, yeah. No, it's, it's that you, for many of us, this is a new habit. Right. That's yes. Right. Of this is if we don't do it naturally, mm-hmm. some of us are cut up and funny and awesome. Be that. But what you said is find out who you are, connect to who you are, do it more frequently, and it'll make it easier to create it as a habit. Yes. Love exactly. That. Cool. Amy, if people wanted to connect in with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So the best way would probably be my, um, business Facebook page. Um, my company is called Oak Song Music Therapy. I'm working on maybe doing some rebranding as I find some new connections and change up some things. But currently, that's the best way. Uh, my email would also be a great way to catch me. And I think those will be in the, in in the, the notes, notes somewhere. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So Amy, as we close, we already kind of wrapped it up. Do you have a favorite quote or a motto <laughs> that you like to share with our audience? 
I would. So I've been I've been around and around with this a little bit because, um, as I said before, I'm try I try to be professional because I am a professional. But my natural joy and um, impish humor comes through. So um, I'm just gonna. If, if I were to ask, my favorite quote really is um, attributed to John Acuff, and that is, don't be afraid to suck at something new. I love that. That's my, that's my legacy. <laughs> but I that goes great. to, yeah, and it goes, like you said, it's a new habit. And maybe you're not going to, maybe people are saying, I'm not funny. Well, okay, but you are a human being with a sense of humor. And let's develop that a little bit. Don't be afraid to suck at it. It's not going to awesome. be easy, maybe. Well, so whether you're naturally funny or an impish, I love that word. I'm cheeky. That's the word I use (laughs) about my humor, right? It's just sort of whatever you are, hopefully you'll take something away from our conversation today. And so, Amy, thank you so much for being with us. Um, Love what you're doing. And I guess we haven't, have we laughed out loud? We should maybe do that. What could we like? Sure. Why not? (laughs) There's lots of laughter yoga. I'm not a laughter yoga. You just laughed. I should have just joined you. Okay. I have a woman in my choir. I have a choir for people with dementia and their carers, and she has the best laugh. And when she starts to laugh, I just come alongside with her and, and laugh too. There's nothing like somebody else's laughter to make you to make you join along. And here I'm supposed to be the expert, but you were the one laughing and I didn't join and I'm just still talking. No, no worries. And I just like, I remember back to this game my, my kids learned maybe in kindergarten or something. And it's like, it's called Ha. And you like lay your head on the other person's stomach and one person says, ha, and the next one says, ha, ha. And then everybody's laughing and yeah. joking and stuff like that. It's, this is, make this easy. But as as we close, those of you who are listening, if there's something in this for you, whether it's a reconnection to your own humor or whether it's something different, what's one insight or one action that you're taking away from today's conversation and capture that for yourself and hope you're inspired by Amy's conversation today. Amy, thanks again. Thank you very much. It was fun. Thanks everybody for what you do for yourself and your kids. At the end of the day, you make the difference. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.